Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well as Twitter and Instagram at Exchange Houston. The following is a message from our guest speaker. just like that family that walked in. But the truth is, it took a little bit for us all to get here, amen? It was kind of a little crazy at some of our houses, but I'm so glad that you did make it, and welcome once again to the exchange. Um, if you brought your Bibles today, get them out and turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and stand today for the reading of the Word. We'll also have this big, beautiful Bible up on this screen for you to, to look at today, and, and we're going to read this together in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Um, the Word of God says this, Therefore, he says when he, and that's speaking of Jesus, that's why it's a capital H on he. So when Jesus ascended, this was after his death, his burial and resurrection, he ascended on high and he led captivity captive and gave gifts. Everybody say gifts. Jesus, think about this. Jesus gave gifts to men. Verse 11 says this, and he himself, so Jesus gave these gifts, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry of the body of Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, once again, we thank you so much for the power of your word. Lord God, I love you, and I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that you've given me to be able to preach and teach. I thank you for having uh, allowing me to have entrance into the hearts of your people, and I believe, Father, that you sent me here with a specific assignment, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do your will. I ask that you would use me this morning as your mouthpiece to unpackage and deliver the prophetic word of the Lord. I pray right now that each of us would make a decision, a decision in our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions to open up the eyes and the ears of our hearts, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds, and we ask that you would release something that would cause an eternal response. And we ask this this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. So... What is the word that God has spoken over our church this year? Unhindered. Unhindered, right? We are unhindered. That's what God has spoken over us as the exchange. And if you're here today, you are the exchange. And God says you are unhindered. I'm going to make sure that you know that. So I'm going to say we are, and you're going to shout unhindered. We are. We are. We are. Oh, come on, that was pitiful and puny and weak. I want to hear it all the way down from your guts, okay? We are! We are! We are! That's right, we are unhindered. And where we got this from is if you go and you read in your Bible in Acts chapter 28, the last two passages, the verses, it says, and he stayed, and it's talking about Paul, two full years in his own rented quarters, and he welcomed all who came to him. He was preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness. And Luke says he was unhindered. That word unhindered, it literally means with no thing and no one able to prevent. So we know from reading and studying the story about Paul is he had many things preventing him. He had many hindrances preventing him. But somehow, some way, 
Luke, the writer of this, was able to look at his life and he says, man, I saw that he was in, in chains in his own rented quarters. I saw that he had all of these hindrances, that he'd fresh off of a shipwreck, that he was waiting a trial to go before the wicked Emperor Nero, waiting to be beheaded. But for somehow, in some way, Luke says that God's will and God's destiny for Paul's life was unhindered. It was unstoppable. And that's what God is declaring over your life in 2017, church, is that we're not saying you're going to have a life this year that's not going to have any hindrances, okay? That's not the point. It's that God's going to teach us how to be able to live a life and manifest a life daily that in the face of hindrances, we don't allow them to stop us. We continue to overcome every hurdle that comes our way. Come on, somebody. And that at the end of 2017, we stand victorious. Amen? So that's what we're doing, and we ask God, so what's the blueprints? How do we get there? How do we get from where we're at? Because many of us in 2016 had hindrances and lived hindered. I know I did in certain areas of my life, and I hear God call me to a new level. I said, God, how do we get there? And so God gave us the blueprints, and we have been saying this every week. It's the series we're in. We're going to put it up on the Sky Bible. This is the vision for the first part of this year. We are living unhindered, and I want you to go ahead and read this with me aloud. One, two, three, to see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. One more time. To see people saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. And so for the last several weeks, if you have missed any of these sermons, okay, you must, you must go and listen to them. Go to our Facebook page, go to our web page, and we have those podcasts. You can get on there, you can listen to them, and don't miss any of it because God wants us all saved. Amen? God wants us all healed. Amen? If you miss these, you got to go back and listen to them, and God's going to minister. God wants us all set free. Amen? Last week, Pastor Jared talked about he wants to see us all discipled. And listen, we are giving you guys opportunity to be able to be discipled. You say, well, I don't really know how to do that, or, or, or what are my options? Listen, find us after the service. There's books back there that we're encouraging you to go and get them. And it's a, it's a, a book that you need to start reading, and it's a, a daily devotional book that comes with it. And it's, we're going to go through this together. People have already started this stuff. I'm telling you, we have a discipleship class every Sunday morning before service starts. There's awesome opportunities for you to get discipled, and God wants us to be discipled. Amen? Right. Well, the next one today that we're going to talk about is God wants us to be equipped. And to really uh, understand what I'm talking about, I, I was woken up in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock this morning, and God just started to give me an illustration to talk to you guys about. And I was just typing this all out, and God reminded me, you remember Steve Lancaster that we used to go to high school with? So Pastor Jared and I, best friends growing up, we went to high school together, we played football together, and, and Steve Lancaster was a guy that was just halfway he was a, a, a little annoying guy, and uh, he came out for the football team in, in the small town that we lived in. If you came out for it, you made it, all right? So he was on the team, and, and I'm telling you, our coach was very encouraging to Steve. Hey, man, come to practices. Be a part of the team. But Steve, he didn't have any desire. He just wanted to be on the team, and he just wanted to play. And he would tell us, I'm going to play for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I'm going to be a linebacker. And he was five foot nothing, and he was 110. 
10 pounds dripping wet. I mean, he was a little guy, but he was like, man, coach needs to play me. Coach needs to play me. And coach would tell him, Steve, you, you keep missing our practices. You need to be at the practice because at the practice, that's where I tell you what you need to do. And, and Steve, he just, he, he lacked faithfulness and, and he just never showed up to practice. Well, that didn't keep him from showing up every Friday night to be on the sidelines squirting kids with bottles and stuff like that. He had a Motley County jersey football on, football jersey on, but he was always farting around on the sidelines when we're out there trying to win the game, you know. Uh, I always say he played butt back. Do you know what a butt back is? Like uh, Pastor Jared was the quarterback, Bobby Barton, he was the running back, uh, Stephen was the butt back. Every time he tried to get on the field, coach would say, get your butt back. You know, you're not playing today, son. You didn't come to practice. And he had, uh, what we ended up doing was he was put as the second string defensive end. He had no business being the second string defensive end, but you know what? We had a really good defensive end, and he was, a, he was the strongest guy on our team. His name was Jeremy Jones. He's about six foot two. He was a power lifter, and he was our best defensive player. And so it was, we just knew that Steve was never going to see the field, right? Well, one game, we're in the middle of the game, and Jeremy gets hurt. And all of a sudden, coach goes, Jeremy's hurt. Jeremy's hurt. He goes, Who's his backup? Uh, uh, Steve. Steve, get in the game. Well, Steve is over there again. He's uh, sitting on the bench. He's, he's squirting stuff. He don't even hear. And one of the, our teammates ran over there and says, Steve, coach told you, get in the game. And Steve goes, what? He goes, get in the game. And Steve goes, okay. He takes off running out on the field. And coach goes, Steve, stop, stop, stop. And Steve goes, what? Uh, you told me to get in the game. And he goes, you don't have a helmet on. And I remember the fans were laughing. It was very embarrassing. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine being so unprepared, right? So coach goes, where's your helmet? And he goes, I don't know. I never have to use it. So all the players on the sidelines are looking. They finally find his helmet, and he puts his helmet on. He goes, get in the game. So Steve runs out there, okay? And we had to play both ways. So Jared and I, we're, in the, we're playing in the secondary, you know, and Bobby's he's our linebacker, and he's, he's the captain of the defense. And Steve gets up there, and Steve goes, what do I do? And he goes, you, you're in for Jeremy. You're the defensive end. <clears throat> Where do I go? Bobby goes, you're, you're supposed to know this stuff, man. He goes, you're going to line up on the right side. You're the strong side, uh, and you're going to be the strong side defensive end. He goes, well, what do I do? He goes, and he goes over there, and he just stands on the end, just stands there. And Bobby goes, get down in a four, you're about to rush. And Steve goes, what? And so he gets down in a four-point stance, and then he stands up before they hike the ball, and he gets an offside. And coach goes, time out, get Steve out of here. William, go in for Steve. So here comes Steve. He had one chance to get into the game. And coach calls him to the sideline, and he goes, man, listen, Steve, this is why I've been telling you you need to come to practice. Because at practice, as your coach, I equip you to do the job that you're supposed to do out here on the field. And you haven't been coming to practice, so you're not equipped. And I started thinking about us as the church. How many know that God has a plan, and he has work for the church to do, right? But for us... To be able to do the work that God's called us to do, yes, we need to be saved. Amen. Yes, we need to be healed. Yes, we need to be set free. Yes, we need to be discipled. But also, how many know we need to be equipped? It's important for us to be equipped. Amen? Amen. 
So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, this is where we started out. And I love this passage of Scripture because it says in verse 8, I'll read it again. Therefore, he says, when he, speaking of Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men, verse 11 says, and he, so, he gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why did he do this? Well, verse 12 tells us why Jesus gave these gifts to the church. It's so that they can be equipping, these gifts are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I want you to know, and I want you to realize that it is Jesus that's the one in this passage that's giving the gifts. And please understand, when you read this passage, many times I've heard it taught that these are the gifts of the Spirit, but they're not the gifts of the Spirit. That's been taught wrongly. These are the gifts of Jesus. Jesus is giving out gifts, and how many know Jesus is good? Right? How many know that he, he doesn't do something for, for no reason? There's a purpose to what Jesus is going to, to, to do. And it doesn't say that he gives the gift of apostle to a person. He doesn't go, okay, I have this gift, and I want to use you, so I'm going to give you this apostle gift so that you can be apostle. No, 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 no. It says literally the person is the gift, He gives apostles. He gives pastors. He's not giving them a gift. He's giving them that person as a gift to the church. Does everybody understand this? Okay. So, which tells us this morning that Pastor Jared, I don't know if you knew this, but Pastor Jared is a gift from Jesus to us. That's a special thing. How would you treat a gift that Jesus had given to you, right? Listen, I am also a five-fold ministry gift to this church. I am a gift to the exchange. And you can't return me, by the way. Okay? Listen, we have five-fold ministry gifts. Pastor Reuben is a five-fold ministry gift given by Jesus to this church. Why? Oh, because it's a great thing that I thought about doing just off the whim. No, 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 no. There's a purpose to it. Ephesians tells us to equip. There's a purpose for that gift. It is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And the reason I say it's a special thing, it's a special gift, is because there's a word that's used four times in that scripture, and it says it's the word some. So not everybody is a five-fold ministry gift. Understand that? It's a special thing to be only some are fivefold ministry gifts that are given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Everybody say work. work. We got work to do. For the work. Everybody say work. work. The church has work. There is work that God needs to get done on this earth. We are called, what is that work? We're called to to be disciples, making disciples. We're called to manifest his kingdom, to manifest his life on this earth through us, right? These are things that we're called to do. But listen to this. We are not born knowing how to do these things. And listen to what I'm about to say. We're also not born again knowing how to do these things. 
Listen, is it your experience that when you receive salvation, all of a sudden there is this laser beam of light that the heavens opened up, it hits you in the head, and you're going, and all of a sudden everything was downloaded into your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, everything that you needed to do, how to do it, and what to do. Is that your experience? No, it's not for any of us. That's why Jesus gave gifts to the church, fivefold ministry gifts that are sent now to help out with this process to equip you because God wants to put you in the game. And when you get in the game, you need to know what you're called to do. You need to know how to do the work that God has for you. And, and I'll say this. It is our job as fivefold ministry gifts to equip the saints. Verse 12 says that the church is the saints, is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, now, let me throw this in there, too. I don't want you to think that, well, well let me back up just a little bit. We are equipping the church for the work. It's the church that does the work of the ministry, not the fivefold ministry gifts. Okay, we have a, a very awesome responsibility. There's a great responsibility that comes and be a fivefold ministry gift. That's to equip you. Okay, but also we're not just fivefold ministry gifts. We're also part of the church, right. so we do the work as well. We don't just sit back and go, we're just going to study and read and be able to know how to equip people. At the same time, when we're not equipping people, we're being equipped so that we can do the work of the ministry. Everybody understand that? And, and let me just say this this morning, that um, sometimes I, I, I get frustrated with, when people say, well, it seems like uh, pastors or evangelists or these faithful ministry gifts, these apostles, are, they're, they're more important than than everybody else. And, and they're, they're special, and, it, and there are only some, but, but listen, they're the same importance, okay? Because one without the other is nothing. If the saints are not equipped, then nothing gets done. And if the, uh, the, the, the ones that are called to equip, you see, we need each other to be able to do the work that God's called us to do. Does everybody understand? So that you don't need to put a fivefold ministry gift up on a, a pedestal and worship those people, does everybody understand that? We're both the same importance. It's just a different application in the kingdom of God. And so let me say this. I know that as a pastor, as a fivefold minister gift, part of my purpose, listen to this, part of my purpose, I understand, and a, a really big part of that purpose is to equip, okay? Just like when, when coach used to get us together and practice, everybody come to practice, and he would equip. But listen, Steve didn't show up. And I remember coach being so frustrated when Steve went to the game and didn't know what to do. And listen, the frustration was because he knew he was called to equip that young man, but he didn't show up. And I will tell you this. I've seen it in Pastor Jared. I've been in, in ministry as a pastor now for, what, 12, 13 years? It's very frustrating when you know you're called to do something and you can't do it because you can't equip people if they're not there. That's why I've seen frustrated on Pastor Jared sometimes. And, and he, he's like, I just, I'm just so frustrated. I, I, I wish, he, he's like, if everybody showed up on Sunday morning, we wouldn't be able to fit them all in the chairs that we have. Everybody that calls this church, and he's like, and there's a frustration. And I'm like, Pastor Jared, that's because 
Part of your purpose is to equip, but you can't make anybody come. I, I say in 2017, we make it a part of what is necessary in our lives to be here every Sunday. That we show up and we know, I, I, I'm robbing him of his purpose, and I'm also robbing me from being able to learn what I need to do to be able to get in the game. How many right here, you just raise your hand and say, man, I don't need to be equipped anymore. I know everything about relationships. I know everything. I'm perfect in my marriage. I'm perfect in my finances. I don't need to grow any. If that's you, then you know what? You're at the wrong church. Because we're a bunch of imperfect people who come on Sunday morning excited to receive the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of how to be equipped. Amen? Which brings me to my first point. I don't want everybody to start taking notes. Okay? If you want to do it on your phone, if you want to bring something, a pad. Uh, last night, God started giving me notes. I got up and started writing this stuff down. If you're taking notes, how we're just going to have three quick points. How can I be equipped? The first one right here is very simple. Be available. Number one, be Available. Look at your neighbor and say, be available. This was Steve's problem. He didn't come to practice. He didn't make himself available. Please hear what I'm about to say, church. God doesn't need a person of ability. He needs a person of availability. I say this all the time. God's not looking for ability, man. God's looking for availability. So many people, you know, they'll, they'll see like a Pastor Jared up here, you know, and he's, he's preaching and teaching. He, he, can, he can make people laugh. He plays the drums. He can sing. And you're like, man, I just don't have the ability that Pastor Jared has. And listen, I'm telling you today, stop focusing on your ability and start focusing on making yourself available. And the reason that I say that is because there's an awesome passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And listen to this. This is Paul. He's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. They're having a conversation. And he is an older, more established, has wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as an apostle. And he's giving advice to this younger uh, mentor, uh, this person that he's mentoring. It's almost like an older pastor talking to a young pastor. And this is what he says. He's, it's Paul speaking, and he says this to Timothy. He says, Timothy, the things that you have heard from me. So all this stuff that I've been downloading to you and every Everything that I've poured into you and I've been mentoring you and not just me he says but among many witnesses commit these things to faithful everybody say faithful he says commit these things to faithful men listen to this who will be able faithful men who will be able to teach others you see he says when you're looking for people you look for faithful and he'll make them able so many times we get focused and we're like, man, you know what? I just don't know if God can use me because you're focusing on your abilities or lack of. Listen to this. It's the water that nourishes the people, not the hose. It's the water. Jesus is the water. We're just the hose. And all you have to do is start to make yourself available to be equipped. And Jesus says, if you'll make yourself available, I'll make you able. How many know that God has all the ability there is in this world and even out of this world? Right. And you, st I'm telling you, man, I know Pastor Jared since we were little hooligans, man. And he, isn't the, he's, he hasn't always been the man that he is right now. There was people that questioned him. There were people that, look, I'm telling you, in the same way, he could stand up and say the same thing about me. There were people that wrote me off. 
he won't, he won't be amount to anything they said about me. And look what God did in my life. It's because I didn't focus on my ability. You know, I had, a, I had, a, had trouble writing. Um, I had trouble reading. And, and I would always use that as an excuse. Well, God, you can't use me to, to preach or do anything like that because I struggle with these things. And God says, I'm not looking at your ability, son. Make yourself available and see the awesome wonders of God. Ephesians chapter 4, this is where we've been reading, and you continue on in verse 14. And here's the reason why he goes on to say why we should be equipped. Here's the reason why we should make ourselves available to be equipped. In verse 14, he says that we should no longer be children. It's so that we grow up. Somebody say grow up. God has a need for you to grow up. For you to mature. You see, we have a lot of immature Christians in the body of Christ. Are they saved? Mm-hmm. Are they healed? Yes, sir. Are they set free? Mm-hmm. But still immature. Haven't been equipped. Haven't been to practice. Just hit, skip, and miss. And we wonder, why? Why is things not moving forward? It's because we must make ourselves available to be equipped so that we will no longer be children. Verse 14 says, Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15 says this, But speaking the truth in love may grow up, there it is again, and we can put this up on the sky bubble. It's in the, it's in the notes, but it says that we need to grow up again. God's purpose is for us to grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. It's very simply the reason that we have not grown up in him and the reason that we've not grown up in love is because we haven't made ourselves available like we should to be equipped. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm just, you don't understand how busy I am. I mean, I, I'm really busy right now. Listen, everybody's busy. Well, you just don't understand. I'm really tired on Sunday mornings, and sometimes I just need to sleep in. Listen, I'm going to be real blunt this morning. Sometimes a five-fold ministry gift needs to be blunt. You know what you're really saying when, when you say that? What you're really saying is, I just don't really think it's important for me to grow. I just really don't think it's that important for me to mature. I just, I'm okay with staying immature. I, I'm, I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm set free. Man, I'm disciple. But you know what? I just, I just really want to grow up. But I'm telling you that it's important to be equipped. Amen? God is one to put you in the game. He's, he's looking over you today, and he's saying, get in the game. It's your time. It's your time to shine. It's your time to do my will for your life. And I'm telling you, we need to be able to say, yes, yes, God, I'm equipped. I'm ready to go in. I hear God saying today, church, I love you and I love you too much to leave you where you're at in your maturity. So make yourself available. That's, it's, it's, a, it's an easy one because it's simple, but it's a hard one. We all struggle with it, right? Number two, we're talking about how can I be equipped. First one is make, make yourself available, be available. Number two, be a servant. Be a servant. Be available, be a servant. Now, I, I've asked people this question before, and I'll say, hey, in your opinion, what do you think is the greatest position in the kingdom of God? Many times people will say, well, you know, 
I've never really thought about it before. I guess if I had to pick, I would say my pastor. I've looked up to my pastor. Uh, somebody, you know, my pastor was my pastor for 26 years, and I always looked up to to him. And they were always had stability and maturity. And I just that's a pretty high level. And I'll say, okay. And, and another person might say, well, an, no, an apostle. That's that's higher than a than a pastor, an apostle. They they have a different type of of, of understanding and responsibilities. So you know, like the apostle Paul. I mean, where would we be out with a, be without the apostle Paul or all of the apostles? You know, and uh, okay, but listen, I want to show you something today that is a position that's higher than even an apostle, and 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 I want you to go ahead and put Romans chapter one, verse one up on the sky Bible for me. It says this, Paul, a what? A servant of Christ. Jesus, first, called to be an apostle. Okay, I am an apostle. And set apart from the gospel of God. The next one, Philippians 1.1. Paul and Timothy, what's the word? Servants of Jesus Christ. Next one, James 1.1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1 says this, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Do you see that all of them put servant first as the highest position? Every one of them, when they started to write a letter that is going to be canonized into Scripture, they start out by giving their qualifications for writing the Scripture that will be the Bible that we read, and they say, my qualification is that I am a servant. I serve. I'm an apostle, but before I'm an apostle, my qualifications for doing what God called me to do is I am first a servant. And guys, this is so important. This is something that Jesus continually tried to get his disciples to see, but man, it was hard for them too. It's hard for us, and it was hard for them too. Listen to this story. In Mark chapter 9, verse 33, we can put this up on the sky bubble. They're walking along the road one day, and Jesus, it says, came to Capernaum, and he went, he was in the house, and he, he looked at his disciples, get this, and he says, what was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road? And they kept real quiet, okay? For on the road, they had disputed among themselves who was the greatest. This was the world's first pastor's conference, okay? (laughs) And verse 35, he sat down, he called the 12, and he said to them, okay, you guys were saying who's the greatest. He says this, if anyone desires to be first, he's going to be last, and he shall be a servant of all. Matthew chapter 20, we're not going to put up on the sky bubble for you, but Jesus is again talking, and he says, listen to me, guys, I, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve, and if, he, he looks at them in the eye, and he says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, and that's not a bad thing, it's a good thing to want to be great in the kingdom of God. He says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, then you must be a servant of all. Everybody say servant. Sure. You need to find a place and start serving in this church. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Listen, and at some time, I'm going to tell you this, you will serve in a place that's not your calling. It's going to be in a place that's not your ultimate place of service or your ultimate place of gifting. I remember when Lisa and I, we started going to church. We got saved. We're a married couple. And, man, it was just in my heart 
I wanted to be equipped. I wanted to get closer to God. And pastor told me, well, start serving. And I was like, okay. And, and I was drawn towards music ministry. I love to play the guitar. I love to sing. And all of a sudden, God started to, to allow me to serve in that, that place. And I loved that. I was passionate about that. But then one day, the youth pastor came to me, and he said, hey, we need some uh, help with some youth sponsors. Well, I didn't know what that was. I really didn't like kids at all. I, I was pretty much almost a kid myself. I was pretty young. I go, man, I'll go and do it. And I did not like it. I did not. You know what I was on? I was on the kissing patrol because there was about 150 to 200 kids in this youth group and they didn't have enough chairs. And so everybody brought their old couches and it was in a big gymnasium and all these couches, you know, they were always bringing people that were not saved to the, to that. They were outreaching all the time, which is great. But what comes with that is I'm telling you, man, I had a little flashlight and I walked back there and there would be a guy laying on top of the girl right in the middle of everybody praising God and they were making out and I was on patrol to pull them apart and they didn't like that, you know, and I was always the bad guy. It's like, man, I'm not really liking this at all. Then one day they called me and they said, hey, uh, Kevin, I wasn't Pastor Kevin at that time. I didn't have a five-fold ministry calling on my life. They said, hey, Kevin, we need help with the nursery. Oh, and I changed poopy diapers. I did, and I did not like that. And I remember changing those poopy diapers, and I said, God, I'm supposed to be singing. And he said, okay, we'll sing. I started singing to those little babies in there. Can you sing when nobody else is looking, when you're not up on the pedestal and everybody's giving you the credit? Can you do that? And then one day, I walked by, and I went into the bathroom, and the bathroom was a mess. And I was appalled. How could our church look like this? Who are we paying to clean this thing? And God started to speak to my heart, and he says, are you not a servant? Can you not clean this bathroom? You know what I did? I started cleaning the bathroom. And pastor didn't ever ask me to do that, but I did it. And you know what I did? I said, and you're going to think I'm crazy, and I, I may have said this before. I prayed over every one of those toilets that I cleaned. And I said, now I was just, I was crazy on fire for God. I'm telling you, man, I was believing for people to be raised from the grave. I just had huge faith. And I said, Lord, I would pray over those toilets. And I would say, as I'm cleaning this toilet, I said, whoever sits on my toilet, Lord, let them be healed, whatever they're going through. I speak breakthrough, Lord, as they sit on this throne, Lord God, that they're just going to have a breakthrough in their marriage. They're going to start to love their wife again. I'm, y'all think I'm not, I'm, you can ask Lisa. I was crazy, man. I believe I'm going to get to heaven one day, and somebody's going to say, I sat on one of your toilets. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. I say that with all sincerity. I believe it with all my heart. You know what I did? As I was serving, I was being equipped. I was in the school of hard knocks, and God was starting to reveal to me things about my heart, things that I didn't really know. And in, listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 4, we've been there. We just read 14. Let's go on to verse 16. It says, This is so powerful, and I hope you get this today. From whom the whole body, so you're a part of the body that this is talking about, okay? The whole body, everybody say joined. Joined. Okay, that's a connection. That's when two different parts come together. It says the whole body joined and knit, everybody say together. Together. Okay, we've got to be together, amen? Together by which every joint, that's where two things come together at the joint, right? Right? 
Every joint supplies, okay, according to the effective working by which every part, so you're a part, I'm a part, right? Every part does its share. When these two things that I just said read happen, we're going to talk about it more extensively, it says all of a sudden it causes the body to grow and for the body to be edified. So, so listen to this. It says the body grows when every part does its share. This is my question this morning, and I'm not hating on anybody. But can we be honest this morning? Can you be honest with yourself? Have you been doing your share? You have a part here, okay? You're important. What you do here and the connections that you make, the share, your part that you do is important, amen? Okay, so are you doing your share? And I'm not just talking about when we do our share, it says it's going to cause the body to grow. I'm not just talking about numerically, I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about we are going to mature, we're going to start to grow up. It says by which every part does its share and by which every joint, everybody say joint, we can say that in church, it's okay, joint, by which every joint supplies. So a joint is where two parts come together. Listen to me very carefully. The best way you can help the body of Christ is not to do your own thing, but it's to join up with somebody else. It's to make a connection here at the exchange. And as you make that connection, you create a joint. A joint starts to form and it starts to nourish the body. Not only does it start to nourish the person that you're connected to, well, I'm just always sad. I'm just always mad. I don't know why I have an anger part. Because you're not connected. You're not being built up and edified. You need to get in this place and start doing your share and start creating joints, start getting connected. When I think about it, it's kind of like the Pastor Jared, you shared last week about Noah's Ark. And you know Noah's Ark. They got all the animals in the ark. And Noah and his family get on the ark, right? And this ark is made out of Wood, right? Go for wood, right? And all of these parts, all these pieces of wood had to make connections. They had to make joints. Everybody say together. They had to come together. Now listen, I'll tell you, when, when, when those joints came together, it made something miraculous, Okay, and, and you may think sometimes, man, I just don't know if there's really something for me at, at the exchange. And, and, and listen, I'm telling you, there are things that we're doing right now that are, that are set up to create connections, set up to cause those joints to form. And you may say, well, you know, what are those? Well, one of those things is Wednesday, Wednesday the first Wednesday night, we have a, a first supper fellowship. Well, I just don't know about if I have people like me or if I like the food they're doing. No, 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 no. It's not about what we're doing. It's about who we're doing it with. It's about us making a connection. Well, you know, what else? Well, we, we're about to do next Sunday, Saturday night, we're going to do MMA here at the church. Well, I just don't like this. <laughs> I don't get it. It's not about if you get that. It's about if you come and you make a connection and all of a sudden, there's a supply that starts to flow out of you and into you. We have a discipleship class on Sunday mornings. We're talking about being equipped. This is how you get equipped. You make a connection. You start to serve. You go and you get in that discipleship class. But are you getting in that discipleship class? Are you creating those joints? You know, I think about this ark and I think about all those 
those boards making those connections. And Pastor Jared, I, I think about the, what if one of those boards just said, you know what, I'm just tired of, I'm tired of this connection. I'm tired of where I'm at. And all of a sudden, that board that was on the bottom of the boat, how many know that the most important connections are where nobody sees? They're at the, at the bottom of the boat. Like, uh, like you know, I would, I would say like, like this awesome couple right now are, are youth pastors, you know. You don't get a lot of accolades. You don't get a lot of pats on the back because you do stuff on Wednesday nights when nobody else is looking. But you're making connections that nobody's seeing. And how many would say that's an important connection? Raising the next generation, right? That's an important connection. How many know that right now there's people back serving and loving on and raising up our children in the way of the Lord? And those are people that, that we can't see, but they're back there making a connection. And those connections are important. But, but what, if, what if all of a sudden you decided where you're ever connected at that you just, you know, I just, you know what, I, I just don't really think I'm appreciated or I don't think I'm really like this connection anymore. And you got up, you're that bored, you, you get disconnected and you go to the top of the ark, you're talking to Noah, talking about, man, I don't like my place down there. It stinks. I can't see where we're going. I don't know what's going on. Nobody appreciates me. How many know that at that moment, really quickly, we would start to appreciate because the ship is starting to sink? Why? Because there's no more connections. There's no more joints coming together. How many know we need to make connections? Let me ask you a question. Five-fold ministry gift. I just got to be, I got to be real. I, I want you to be encouraged this morning. At the same time, I want to challenge you. Have you made a connection here? Have you got in a place and are you doing your share and are you serving? Because we need you to be connected. If you are not connected, this thing's going to sink. Listen to this. Do you realize that when the children of Israel were going along in the wilderness, they're going from the wilderness to the promised land, from, to God's destiny for the life. Listen to this. Only one person, Miriam, got out of place, and it completely stopped everybody. You're important. Amen? I is smart. I is important. You are. You really are. I'm not trying to... Man, I, I was raised in a church where they, I'm stepping on your toes this morning. <laughs> and I was like, forget this church, man. I don't have nothing to do with that. I'm not trying to step on your toes this morning. I'm trying to bring something that's going to push you through to a new level. Amen? Because I love you. Amen? Amen. So through connections, through being a servant, you are equipped. And the last one is this. Be a minister. So be available. What's the second one? be a servant, and what's the last one? Be a minister. Ooh, and this is, this is powerful right here. So listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. I'm going to read this in four different translations. It says not, and I love the, the honesty here. It says not that we're sufficient of ourselves, and we all feel that way, right? Not that I'm all that, that I know everything. He says to think as of anything being from ourselves. He says this, though. All of a sudden, confidence comes out, and he says, but we are sufficient, our sufficiency is from God, listen to this, who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. That is you and me. That's why I want you to serve. 
That's why I want you to be a minister. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, he has made us sufficient as ministers of this new covenant. Listen, the NIV says this. He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. The New Living Translation says this. He, has, he is the one. So do you have faith in God? Do you have faith in Jesus? Okay. It says he is the one who has enabled us to represent this new covenant. That's awesome, right? That's talking about you. The Amplified Version says this. It is he who has qualified us, making us, he's made us fit. He's made you worthy. He's made you sufficient as ministers and dispensers of the new covenant. That's talking about you. We always think that's talking about Pastor Jared. That's talking about you. That's talking about me. Listen, Another term I think that's very uh, misunderstood in the church is full-time ministry. Like if I were to ask somebody, are you in full-time ministry? And the first person they think of, well, Pastor Jared is. You know, and I love him and I love our pastor. Uh, he's in full-time ministry, but I'm not a pastor. Well, that's not what I asked you. I said, are you in full-time ministry? Listen, we are all called to be ministers of this new covenant. And not just called, we have been qualified. We have been made competent by Jesus Christ to do this thing. Listen, look at yourself right now and point you at yourself and say, I am, I am. a minister. minister. One more time, say, I am, I am. a full-time full minister. Now, now, here's the deal. And I think God is brilliant. Because he has a plan to reach the whole world. And do you know how he does this? He looks for a, a, a sector. And so he takes a, he says, I want to reach teachers. And so what he does is he takes a full-time minister, like Lisa, and he disguises her as a teacher, and he sends her to reach the teachers. And he says, you know what? I want to, I want to reach people that are into fitness and trainers. So he says, I'm going to take a full-time minister and I'm going to disguise him as one of them, as a trainer, as a fitness guru, and I'm going to reach those people. You know what he says? He says, I want to reach Atascacita High School. And he says, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a full-time minister, and I'm going to disguise him as a student with a cool goatee. <laughs> All right? And I'm going to send him to reach... No, pastor is supposed to do the work of the ministry. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that he's supposed to equip you for the work of the ministry. My Bible says that you have been made competent. You've been made worthy to be a representative, a full-time minister. Come on, somebody, of this new covenant. What does that mean? It's just you telling what Jesus has done in your life. It's you coming now, and you say, well, pastor, I'm not really sure that I know how to do that. Thus, the need to be equipped. That's why you need to be in church every time the doors are open. That's why you need to be here, make yourself available so that you can be equipped. Listen, I had a friend back in Lubbock years and years ago. He was a barber and he got this. I mean, it clicked in him. He went, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying I'm a full-time minister? And I was like, yes, you're a full-time minister. And he goes, okay, I've been disguised as a barber. And every person that came in to get a haircut or get a fade done up or get a straight razor, he would sit down and he would just start telling them about what God was doing in their life. And people would 
start to ask him questions, and then people started asking him to pray for them. Before they would leave, he would lay hands on them, pray for them. Then all of a sudden, this guy started filling up a role at the church with people that he had ministered to and he had brought to the church. He was doing the work of the ministry. And I said, man, this is amazing. You get it. I had a kid in my youth group years and years and years ago. Youth said, man, that's me. He said, I have been called by God. He has equipped me to be a full-time minister. He was going to uh, uh, Estacado High School, and this kid was not cool. He, he didn't have it all together. He didn't have great ability. I remember looking at after it happened, and I went, God, how could you use Michael? He has B.O. He's stinky. Every person that Michael went and was a minister to undercover as a student to these people at Estacado, he took in, it was five months, took almost single-handedly our youth group from three people to 50. You know why? Because he went, I'm a full-time minister. And then I told him, you know what? You are, but you need to be equipped. So start coming early on Sundays. I'm going to sit down with you, son, and I'm going to tell you the things that God's imparted to me. And if I don't know what you're asking, God's put people in my life as a five-fold ministry gift that I can go and ask them, and then I can help you, and we're going to get through anything and everything. And you know what he did? He was just crazy enough to believe me. Man, we need to be equipped. I'm going to ask my, my daughter, Caitlin, is to come up here and help me with this last thing. So, as I close... We're talking about being equipped. Come stand over here. I'm going to get you to, to hold this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. We talked about this a little while ago. But the Apostle Paul makes this statement. He says uh, to his spiritual son, I want you to entrust everything. That means everything to me. This gospel. To faithful. Everybody say faithful. Amen. He said not people with ability. God's not looking for... Ability, he's looking for what? Availability. He's looking for you to be a faithful person. And so, I mean, Pastor Jerry and I have been talking about this here lately, and I read something on the internet that just blew me away. And Pastor, I just don't, I don't know what to do with this. And it's this. In this report that I read, it said that average American Christians go to church one time a month and consider themselves faithful. And, and, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't a joke, and it wasn't, oh, they were trying to push jazz anybody. They just said, this is the facts. This is what we found out. People that go one time a month consider themselves faithful. And I thought to myself, I just don't know what to do with that. Listen, today, you'll spend more time on social media. Because what's, what's a church service, an hour and a half? You'll spend more time on social media and texting than you will if you consider yourself faithful by going one time a month. I thought, man, here's the truth. Guys, is that faithful? No. And God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability, to make ourselves available. So this, I prayed about it, and God showed me this is what's going on right now. Okay? And this is, this is just the truth. So Caitlin, she's up here helping me. And what Caitlin represents is our day. A day in our life, okay? And I brought some money here. I got $22 dollar bills and, and some change that equals up to $24. So every day, we have 24 hours in a day, right? And so we're going to talk about what our day looks like. Now listen, the, 
And doctors, doctors tell us that we need sleep. How many people love sleep? Amen. I'm going to take a nap this afternoon. I love sleep, right? And the doctors tell us we need eight hours of sleep. And so on average, we're just going to say one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we've invested, that's eight of hours of our day, right? And we don't just have that going on in our life. Uh, we all have, let's talk about careers, right? And careers, uh, uh, um, you're going to spend about eight hours a day working if you have a job, all right? If you're a youth here today, you don't got a job, but you go to school and y'all spend same time there. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Man, look how quick this is going. We're only down to eight hours left. But let's talk about some, some other things that that we do, uh, some other things we invest our lives in, um, not just our careers, but getting ready in the morning, right? Some take longer than others. Um, uh, I take long showers. Cody doesn't take any showers. But on the average, the average American, it takes to get ready is an hour. So there goes another dollar. Uh, a commute. Right now, statistics tell us that the average American spends 50 minutes in their car a day on their commute. So let's average that up to another hour. And all of a sudden, our, our day is just going and going. How about food? Who loves food? Oh, I love food. I love to eat, right? And we eat about three meals a day and put, you know, preparation time in that. That's going to be an hour and a half. Man, we're getting real short here. Uh, how about screen time? Everybody's got a phone, right? And we get on social media. We get on uh, Snapchat and Instachatgram and Faceman. We do all this stuff. The average American st statistics tell us right now, on a daily average, an hour and a half. And guys, I'm, that's conservative. Okay? So we're down to $2 and some change. Well, we don't just use our phones just for that. We also text back and forth, and we talk on our phone. Statistics tell us that we spend about an hour a day doing that. We're down to our last $1 bill. Last thing that I'd say that a lot of us do is errands. After work, you've got to go to the bank. You've got to go to Walmart. We live at Walmart, right? Everybody goes gets groceries at Walmart, and then you go buy ammunition, you go buy diapers. I love America. One store, you can get all that stuff. Take your kids to practice. And guys, what we're left with is about 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And truth be told, this 30 minutes of free time that we have, this is a picture of the average American, you and me, it's not a straight line, right? You get, oh, I got some free time right here. I got three minutes, talk, right? Or, hey, I got, I got 16 minutes, go, right? It's all, it's all displaced. And so at the end of the day, this is what God hears. As we give him what's left over. That's what God hears. And we call that, that's our faithfulness. That's what God hears at the end of the month. And he's going, 
I'm so glad that you're saved. And I'm so glad that you're healed. And I love, I love setting you free. I want you to get discipled and I want to get you equipped. And all of a sudden we start scrounging in the couch cushions for some time. I, I just, I don't have time for church. God, I don't have time to be equipped. And we, we, we said earlier, what, is, what are we really saying? It's not really important for me to grow. God's saying, get in the game. Hey, it's your turn. Get in the game. And we're running out there without a helmet on. Where do I go? What do I do? I want to do stuff for you, God. I mean, I'm, I'm saved and I'm healed and I'm, and I'm set free and I want to get in the game. What do I do? God says, you need to be equipped. And I have sent you a special gift. And he longs and studies it's his passion to equip. But if you don't show up to practice, we're all sunk. If you don't make that connection, you can sit down. So I want everybody to stand to your feet this morning. I pray that you don't feel like I've beat you down this morning. or Because I, I, I've, I've said some points that are to the point but it has not been my heart to hurt anybody or tear anybody down I believe in the exchange we moved our whole family to come here because we believe that God is going to do something great through this church but for that to happen God's looking for a group of people that say in 2017 my 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 description of the word faithfulness is not just one time a month or two times a month Pastor Jared we're looking for a handful of people that'll say every time the doors are open I'm going to be there and I'm going to be excited and I'm going to I'm going to be excited that I'm going to be equipped by God for the work of the ministry because I know we got work to do. Give me a handful of those and we'll turn a Tascacita, Humble area, Huffman area, Crosby upside down for God. I'm talking revival. I'm talking people lives being changed. I'm talking about kids getting saved, marriages being put back together. Isn't that what we want to see? So let us equip you. Come to practice. Right? And we'll show you how to put your helmet on. We'll show you how to get down a four-point stance. And guess what? You'll jump off sides. Sometimes you'll run out on the field without a helmet. And we won't go, you, oh, I'm so disappointed. You know what we'll say? Proverbs says that a righteous man falls. So God's not looking for perfection or ability. He says, but he always gets back up. Again and again 
and we'll encourage you. We'll build you up. And then all of a sudden, you'll find yourself, man, oh man, look, I'm at the Wednesday night fellowship, first supper, man. And all of a sudden, you're sitting across from me and my neighbor, Matt, my buddy, Ricardo. You're sitting across from us. And then all of a sudden, Ricardo's going to say, man, I play video games. And you're going to go, I play video games too. And you're going to go, well, we need to hang out some more. And you're going to make a, I didn't know anybody at the exchange like to play video games like I do. And all of a sudden you start hanging out and you start every once in a while getting together and playing some video games together and you're making a connection. You don't realize it, but there's life coming from that person into you and from you into them. And then all of a sudden I get my, my, my neighbor last night, Matt came home. He said, I was at this big gathering of people, man. They're wanting me to stay out late. And he said, I stood up in front of all of them. I said, no, man, I can't get home because I got to go to church tomorrow. And they said, what? Come on, man, stay. He goes, no, y'all need to come with me. And in fact, we're having Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, another week. And you need to come. And Amanda was telling them all about it. And I said, that's making connections. Guys, just close your head. and Close your head. Close your eyes and bow your head for a second. Close your head. That Maybe God's telling me to close my head. Stop talking. I really believe that this message this morning is for everybody. Some of you are just realizing for the first time, oh, wait, I'm a full-time minister. I need to get in the game, but I don't know how to do what I need to do. And you're ready to be equipped. Man, you're ready to make a, a, a commitment today. I feel like there's some people that are just like, you know what? I just haven't felt like there's anything here at the church for me, and I've just kind of separated myself for a while. I've even thought about leaving this place, but after you've been talking about this, I'm actually one of the boards that's important, and, and the connections that I make, I need to get connected. I need to just jump in, even if it's something that I don't understand or enjoy. I just need to jump in and start serving because you said you used to change poopy diapers and God started to show you even through poopy diapers. He started to equip you. And you know what? I need to get over my stinking thinking and I need to get back in the game and I need to make a connection. And that's you this morning. And your feelings aren't hurt. You're not, you're not mad. You're like, man, this is exciting. God, you're, you're doing something inside of me. And, and I'm going to be the answer to the things that are going on in the exchange. And I'm about to be a catalyst to move this thing forward. I, I believe there's all types of different people here. And here's the thing. It all comes down to faithfulness. God's asking you this morning, okay, will you count the cost then and stop giving me what's left over at the end of the month? And will you be faithful every time the doors are open? With every head closed and every eye closed and every <laughs> everybody bowed. If that's you this morning, I want you just to raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm ready to. This is the next step. Equipped. This is the next step. I get it. I get it. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, right now, where you're at, then just start to pray. Pray to God and just start to say, yeah, 
Uh, first, I want you to raise your hand, though. I want it to be, it needs to be something you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. You just raise your hand, you can put it down, and then just start to pray. Say, God, yeah, as for me and my house, we're going to serve you, and we're going to do it faithfully, old school style. Not one time a month, but every time the doors are open, we're going to make ourselves available. We're going to find a place and we're going to start to serve. We're going to get connected. We know that we are ministers and you have called us. Yes, God. I say yes to all this, God. This is the next step. God, I bless your people this morning. And I know, I know that some of this, this message, God, you had me bring is a little heavy. But I know that it was brought in love not to tear us down, but to edify us, to build us up and, and encourage us and, and to strengthen us, Lord God. I see you uh, putting reinforcements even in, this, this, in our lives this morning. I see you doing that. Oh, awesome, awesome. Calling in reinforcements. I love it, Lord. God, I thank you for this. And, and, and my prayer, Lord God, is that I'm going to practice what I preach. Thank you for listening to the Exchange Church Podcast. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Exchange Church Houston. If you would like to give to the Exchange Church, you can go to our website at IamTheExchange.com and look for the red button in the top right corner labeled Give Online.